I've often sampled my voice and people think that I've used opera singers and other vocalists, but it's all me. I just have so many different voices that it's... I can shout incredibly loud. What are you waiting for? And then others where after like a good warm up, I can hit those high notes. <laughs> There'll be stuff that's very low, which kind of sounds like that. Or there'll be like, I guess like whispery, which is more reminiscent of older songs because I had a much more, I had a much more timid voice. Maybe I worked this out for sure, it's gonna be colder. Hi, I'm Ellie Golding, and I'm gonna talk about how I use my voice as an instrument. You're the fear, I don't care. I've never been so high. Follow me. I think the biggest factor of Love Me Like You Do success is the voices in the background. I know for a fact that they had like 50 voices going, Love me like you do. I remember them doing the vocal, like the, the technical vocal stuff. And I remember some of the MXM guys, the Max Martin camp, they extended that note by like a second for a reason. So it goes, Head spinning around, I can't see clear no more. Spinning around, I can't see clear no more. And there's, there's something about it where it gets in your skin and you just have to sing, sing along. I think I spent about eight or nine hours doing the vocals for that song. On my mind was, I think, the second song that I got into with MXM after we did Love Me Like You Do, and Love Me Like You Do was quite successful, and we were like, well, let's just keep writing to I wanted to have an electric guitar-driven song. I think at the time, guitar was being sampled a lot. This was just like, a sampled guitar that sounded like guitar that was like maybe reminiscent of like I think it was a Sting record or something at the time. Me being a guitarist I like instantly loved it and then we just had to write the vocal which it invited some kind of staccato um, fast vocal. I'm more in a natural space when I'm singing quickly. I like my voice to kind of move around a lot and tell the story. And so this was the first time that I was, I was really kind of putting that into like a hip hop influenced pop record. And then the sort of the main feature of the chorus was almost like not the vocal. And that to me was like really alien and strange. I know this song that everyone fucking agonizes over, which is Lights. I don't sing it much anymore, but. I had a way then, it all on It's complicated, I don't make things easy on myself. But then the chorus goes, You show the lights that stop me. Don't you stop, you shine me when I'm 
for someone to try and control that technically on stage without it, you know, just constantly sounding quiet and loud is, is, is a challenge. Okay, so it's all about my belly, which is why I'm like glad that I've got like this belly that I can like go in and out constantly. So you can't see me doing it half the time, which is why I have these baggy tops on. But when I'm singing, you can, it, I'm literally going like this the whole time. It's called like a splat. So I'm going like, I had a way then, losing it all on my own. And then I'm not sleeping now. Da, 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 da. Once I had a singing coach that told me I was like Rod Stewart because I had this voice that was neither head voice nor chest voice. Burn was definitely recorded when my voice was still very meek and very shy. I wasn't using my instrument as well as I could. It kind of worked for that song because the song, it could have been a very cheesy song, right? It was the first time I'd sang a song that I hadn't written. And I knew it was a Ryan Tedder song because Ryan is a beautiful writer. He, he writes songs that really you know, uplift you and there's always a real optimism in, in his music. And you know when you've got a good chorus when you don't have to go up you go down. So the, the big thing is the synth that goes That was actually the thing that attracted me to the song because there was like a Timberland like era where that synth was used a lot. As soon as I heard that I was like sold. There was something about this song that just really resonated with me. I'm always drawn to anything that sounds a bit dark and, you know, minimalist samples. But it was like... It just, for some reason, just appealed to me very much. And then I wanted Juice to be on it. I was always always a fan of Juice since I heard Lucid Dreams on the radio. And I was like, who is this? I, I, it made me cry. I still see your shadows in my room. Can't take back the love that I gave you. It's to the point why I love it. I made this song with, with um, Jason Evergans, then somehow miraculously managed to get Juice to be on it with me, and he was perfect. When I found out that he'd passed away, I was, I was profoundly sad. I was looking forward to spending more time with him, and I was looking forward to hearing what he was going to do next. He was kind and so talented, the dynamic thing that he does, what, the way he takes things. It's like... I know that the truth is hard to digest Five or six pills in my right hand He just takes his voice into places that I, I never would have thought of. I was obsessed with autotune as a sound. I don't know why it appealed to me. You can hear at the end of Starry Eyed, I, I have intentional um, autotune in there. 
the only auto tune I'd really like that that really stuck out in my head as as like a, an avid like pop you know listener was I think I'm blue da ba dee da ba da. Or like, do you believe in love after love? Do you believe in love after love? I know some some people from slightly older generations like really grimace at autotune. They hear it and find it bizarre. I'm not mad at autotune. I just like the way it sounds. It sounds like otherworldly and weird and... I love anything that doesn't necessarily sound human. I was obsessed with T-Pain in my like early 20s. My friend from Seattle introduced me to him and I used to listen to a lot of Kanye and... Love Aetherix and Heartbreak. Admittedly, I haven't listened to it for a long time. I think that was just like groundbreaking album. I personally do believe he is a musical genius. In popular culture and in music, you know, you get you can get so tied up into beyond the music. Going back decades, it's always you know rock stars and pop singers, and you always knew the context, and you always ended up knowing what went into the music. I think that that's also really important. I don't think I've ever not been honest about, about what's gone into my music and why I write the lyrics I do and have the voice I do and all, all that kind of stuff. I do have this ability to cross over between this chest voice that I do and a head voice where the, the combination of the two, it tells a story better. For example, Explosion in the Chorus is just, I'm not necessarily in head or, or chest voice, I just belt out the word explosions. When I listen back to it, I, I definitely go into all different versions of my voice. Basically the entire track is just me and piano and that always seems to work with me. I, you know, try and replicate instruments with, with my voice instead and then you can't get any more personal. Where have you been? You wasted all that sweetness to run and hide. When I wrote it at the time I was I was sad. And the chorus suddenly I get I get my shit together and 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 sing the chorus and it's just like it's it's having lack of control and using it in a intentional kind of creative way. I had to figure out this middle voice that was that you can hear on so many of my songs and it's kind of like a husky the way you needed somebody and you've left. It's like this like you know mid mid thing that I had to and I still and I still have it there. I just know how to control it more. So that that control over my voice is where I can go like I'm like constantly like using my stomach to control that and and my breath as well. Singing is not always pretty, but I'd rather you know look contorted and weird on stage and deliver the song well than try and look good. Got joy to take my side. There is my favorite I wrote a song called Joy and I just couldn't think of the chorus. So I went back to Hereford, back to my hometown to write that album. And so Joy, it's the opposite of the title. It's about realizing that you, you're always gonna have this kind of loneliness 
um, whether you're with someone or not. And so the chorus ends up being, I figured out the choice are in your own. I decided it needed to just be my voice and my voice needed to be that kind of um, moment of ecstasy, which was the It felt like no words could sum up or de describe what I was trying to say or what I was trying to evoke. It's when I played it live, I realized that I'd cracked it. It's always this insane euphoric moment live that everyone just feels really, you know, emotional and together. And you can tell everybody this is a song. I covered your song because at the time a big retailer said to my record label, would Ellie Golding like to sing this song for our advert? And I had no idea what that even meant. And my friend Ben um, Lovett, who was in Mumford and Sons at the time, Ben said, I'll help you do this, this track. What do they want? And I said, I think they want an Elton John song. And I said, oh, I love Elton John, but I can't envisage myself singing any of his songs for some reason. It was such an iconic song that I was like, how can I possibly do this any justice? And I said, oh, it sounds too soft, it's not strong enough. He said, I want you to sing softer. And I was like, you must be joking, like, I, I'm already singing way too soft. He's like, no, no, go softer. It sound like you're singing a lullaby to someone. And so I ended up just with this really tiny, like, little bit funny, it's feeling inside. See, when I sang it then, everything was, and you can tell everybody this is a song. Hope you don't mind, I hope you don't mind that I put down in words. But now I sing it live and I'm like, I hope you don't mind, I hope you don't mind. Like, you know, I don't think it quite has the same magic that it had then when I was this, you know, super shy 20 year old. But um, that's how I ended up singing that song. I, I'm still singing it for people at weddings. <laughs> I love being a part of people's weddings. I've noticed that my, my voice being in front or above the track is like a crucial element to what I do. That said, I mean, I, I made sure that I used an orchestra and strings. I wanted to have that texture and I wanted to have that cinematic feeling where you feel like you've just launched yourself into another universe. When I hear those strings, it just, to me, it brings my songs to life. I, and I don't know whether other people will appreciate those textures in the same way that I will, but then you can't just make an album for, for other people. You have to have some kind of cathartic element in it for yourself as well. I think in the past I did, I had much faster vibrato. So when I sang Joy, for example, I'd be like, I figured out the joy was not in your arms. And no, I'll always say with an empty heart. Like really fast vibrato. And then now it's a lot more controlled. So, so for example, I sing, so like power, I keep it like very controlled. So it's like painted to pure perfection. We had a real connection. Bodies aching. Overtaken, you kept me at a distance, not asking any questions. And it takes me a lot to like have that control because I get so tempted to just go all over the place. I used to be quite a um, hectic singer where I had to fill all the gaps. But then these verses are like a, are to, to kind of build up to this 
chorus which is supposed to come out of nowhere so it will go like learning lessons beautiful lines on a friday night I had that like contrast on purpose because I wanted the chorus to pop. I will go into the booth and do a vocal without the tr hearing the track in my ears. So I will just sing to a click. I can hear a pin drop. I can hear when I feel like my voice hasn't done the thing that I wanted it to do. To be honest, the, mu the music, as important as it is, just distracts me and it makes me sing in a way where I start over stylizing my voice and I start trying to compromise my, my voice for the music. Whereas if I'm just doing it to a click, I can't hide behind anything. I can't start trying to sound like anyone. And then you'll get what I feel is the purest version of my voice. I don't ever have any reverb or delay or any auto-tune it's always just dry. It might not be as fun to just be in the vocal booth listening to a click, but for some reason, it's, technically it just works for me.